Blog Talk Radio. Monday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Well, that can only mean one thing. It's time for Parenting Your Challenging Child. Dr. Ross Green here, coming to you live, as always, from the offices of Lives in the Balance in Portland, Maine. As you know, unless this is the first program you've ever listened to, as you know, we do this every Monday, uh, September through May, um, which gives us a really nice opportunity to uh, write in and for me to respond to your questions or call in, and uh, we can talk together. The call-in number is 347-994-2981. Today would be a good day to do that. Nothing special planned today except we've got some very interesting uh, email questions to respond to. But if you feel like calling, once again, 347-994-2981. Just noticing we don't have that many programs left for the remainder of this broadcast year. Um, You know, a broadcast year runs from September through May, like the school year. Um, Not that I know anything about that, but that's our broadcast year, September through May. And I will not be doing the program next Monday. I'll be out of the country. And uh, so there will be no program on Monday, April 21st. But then we'll be back again on the 28th, as best I can tell. Um, once again, 347-994-2981. But let's start with um, some of the questions that people have emailed in. And these first two are similar, so I'm going to read them together. Uh, Dr. Green, I can't quite make the connection between the skills that my son is lacking and how to help him gain those skills and your CPS approach. I feel that the major skill my son needs help with is separation of affect. And I'm inserting my thought here. That, for those of you who aren't familiar, that's a lagging skill in the lagging skill section of the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. Back to the email. He knows what he should do and wants to do it, but in the situation, his emotions are so strong that he is rarely able to stop and think and make the right choice. But if I pick one of the major unsolved problems he needs to work on, it would be the way he responds to his sister when she annoys him. If I use the CPS approach when he isn't angry, All seems great because he wants to be better, but in the moment he can't access these ideas because his lacking skill is the ability to think when he's upset. On a more general note, does the CPS approach actually teach kids the skills, the lacking skills, or does it just allow us to work with them better because they are lacking skills? I can see how it allows us to come up with a mutually agreeable plan, which I love, but will it actually teach my son how to think when he's upset? Where might I find resources to help my son learn this crucial skill? So that's email number one. Here's email number two. 
Hi there. I'm still exploring the Lives in a Balance website, so I apologize if the topic has been covered already. I understand most of the lagging skills and plan B. One thing that is still a little fuzzy is how the CPS bridges back to improving the identified lagging skills. For example, if one of the lagging skills identified was trouble focusing, how will the problem solving result in improving the skill? Is the point to adapt the lagging skill more adapt to the lagging skill more appropriately, or is it to improve the lagging skill? Great questions, uh, but similar as you can tell. So I'm going to um, respond to each of them separately, but I'm going to respond to the first one first. Uh, if your son is lacking the skill of separation of affect. Separation of affect, just for the unfamiliar, refers to one's ability to separate the emotions one is feeling in the midst of frustration from the thinking must, one must do to solve the problem that's causing one to be frustrated in the first place. Kids who are decent at that skill and adults tend to respond with more thought than emotion, which is a good thing. Kids who are lacking that skill tend to respond with more emotion than thought, and that is not a good thing. Not that emotions aren't useful, it's just that too much emotion will shut you down and keep you from thinking, in which case the problem will remain unsolved, and all we'll see in terms of your response is emotion. Not great. Now, in this email, it says that one of the unsolved problems the child needs to work on is the way he responds to his sister when she annoys him. All right. Mm. Let's assume that that unsolved problem, and the reason I went, hmm, is that I might word it differently, but I'll get to that in a second. But let's assume that that unsolved problem between him and his sister, it takes two to tango, um, is somehow related to difficulty with the skill of separation of affect. And I could see how it could be, but I could also see how some of the other lagging skills on the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems could be contributing to that unsolved problem. But let's say that's an unsolved problem flowing from that lagging skill. And I promise I'm going to get to improving the wording of it in a moment because it needs a little fine-tuning. But let's say you work on that unsolved problem and you solve it. Um, you've solved one problem that was setting in motion challenging episodes, but you've simultaneously, though indirectly, provided your son with some help at separating emotion and thought by helping him think it through. He will hopefully have a less emotional response the next time. But um, your next sentence says, all seems great because he wants to be better, and number one, good for you for recognizing that he would prefer not to be exploding. So 
Some people haven't come to that realization just yet. But in the moment, he can't access these ideas because his lagging skill is the ability to think when he's upset. All right. We don't want him doing a lot of quick thinking when he's upset. And we actually are not, I don't know any technology for teaching that skill directly. The technology I know is solving problem that's causing him to get upset proactively and coming up with a, not in the heat of the moment, and coming up with, a, in other words, your focal point is the unsolved problem, not the lagging skill. I don't know a technology, I just said this, for teaching that lagging skill directly, but I do know one for teaching it indirectly, solving problems collaboratively and proactively. But you've got to make sure that the solution doesn't demand that he do something in the heat of the moment. Because you're right, nobody does their clearest thinking in the heat of the moment. So the solution can't rely on heat of the moment thinking for the problem to be solved. Nope. He and his sister are going to have to come up with a solution for how they're interacting with each other. And it sounds like part of that is her annoying him, which makes me wonder how come the unsolved problem is his? Isn't she the one annoying him? Have we made it his unsolved problem because it's his reaction that's over the top? Once again, it takes two to tango. we got to we got to reword this one. What's she annoying him about? Well, I want to make it more specific in the first place. I know who it is. What's she annoying him about? And is it really reasonable to expect that she gets to continue annoying him? He has to learn how to respond more adaptively. So we could keep the problem as difficulty when sister annoys you. But the ultimate solution, I suspect, is going to have something to do with it dramatically reducing the amount of time she spends annoying him. And that means it's going to involve her, too. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be tragic for him to have some skills for life, for when people annoy him. I don't know how relevant this situation is going to be to that. I think this is an unsolved problem that's going to have to involve both of them. It can't just be him responding more adaptively when she annoys him. She's got a big role to play here, too. She may not be the one with the over-the-top response, but she's very much in the mix. Over time, after you've done plan B on a variety of different unsolved problems, and your son learns that his concerns are going to be heard, um, that his concerns are going to get addressed. 
that he needs to listen to other people's concerns and make sure that they get addressed, that the solution has to be mutually satisfactory and realistic. Many an unrealistic solution has come from what we hoped kids would do in the heat of the moment on problems that could have been solved proactively. But here's the good news, because I know what's still hovering here is, yeah, but if we do this, this plan B thing, if we make sure his concerns are heard, if he gets good at listening to ours, if both parties know their concerns are going to get addressed, and if the solution is mutually satisfactory, should we expect that in the heat of the moment, at some point in the future, he will look better than he does now? Yes, that's my experience. And there are data from the recently completed five-year NIMH-funded study at Virginia Tech that suggests that skills are trained when you're solving problems collaboratively and proactively. I think if you're hitting it hard on Plan B over the next two to three months, problems are getting solved you're going to start feeling like your son is doing better in the heat of the moment. If not, you might then want to talk with him about all of the problems that have been solved, and you're wondering, now that he knows he's going to be heard and he knows his concerns are going to get addressed, what's still going on on hopefully the few unsolved problems that are left that are causing him to get upset in the heat of the moment. In other words, this model is not mostly an anger management program. It's a problem-solving program so that people who have trouble in the heat of the moment don't find themselves in the heat of the moment very often anymore. And on those hopefully, eventually rare occasions when they do, they now got a strategy they know how to think things through better than they did. But that doesn't get accomplished in the heat of the moment. That gets accomplished most of the time proactively. So now back to your to the end of your email. On a more general note, does the CPS approach actually teach kids the lagging skills, or does it just allow us to work with them better because they are lacking skills? Both. But I do think a lot of skills are being taught indirectly when you're solving problems collaboratively and proactively. You're working indirectly on the lagging skills that you believe contributed to the unsolved problem you're working on, but you're teaching and practicing a lot of skills just by doing the empathy step regardless of the unsolved problem you're working on. Kids are learning to think about what their concerns are, articulate them without getting upset, plus some other skills. In the define the problem step, they're listening to other people's concerns without getting upset, taking other person's concerns into account, taking another person's perspective. In the invitation, they're learning how to generate alternative solutions Consider whether solutions are mutually satisfactory. Consider the outcomes, the likely outcomes of solutions. A lot of skills are being taught 
just by doing the three steps of plan B? I think it's both. But I'm not aware of an effective technology for teaching the skill of separation of affect directly. You're already using one that teaches those skills indirectly, solving problems collaboratively. Now let's go to the second but similar email. Um, the lagging skill is trouble focusing. Let's say that your son is having difficulty focusing on math homework. All right, I might not call it difficulty focusing in the wording of the unsolved problem. That's a lagging skill. The unsolved problem is either difficulty getting started on or difficulty completing the math homework. In the empathy step, we're going to hear from your child. I think you called him a him. Let me just double check here because we have a non-identified gender, so I'll keep calling it your child. Um, you're going to find out what's getting in the way of your child focusing on getting started. Better yet, let me take focusing out. Difficulty getting started on and or completing the math homework. Here's the interesting thing. This is why the link between the lagging skill and the unsolved problem um, isn't always a really solid one. What you may find out is something in the empathy step about why he's having difficulty getting started on or completing the math homework, you may find out it has nothing to do with focusing. It might be something else. He might be hungry. It might have been a long day at school and he needs a break. I, I don't know what he's going to say, but you may find out. Well, you're likely to hear something, quite frankly, on that lagging skill. You're not likely to hear that he's having trouble focusing. It happens, but... I'm betting that's not what you're going to hear. I think you might hear something else. Then you're going to solve that problem. And if that problem gets solved, if your son's, if the child's concerns get addressed, he's going to be able to start getting started on and completing the math homework. And then on the math homework, I don't think you're going to be saying he's having difficulty focusing anymore, but you have addressed whatever's getting in his way on getting started on and completing the math homework. In other words, and this is identical to emailer number two, at least in one way, um, well, actually in both ways, you're working on the lagging skill indirectly by solving the problem that is associated with that lagging skill directly. When you're solving problems collaboratively and proactively, skills are simultaneously being taught. Now, these are two things. Um, separation of affect and focusing that medicines have sometimes been shown to be helpful for. You can help 
kids focus better through use of often stimulant medications. You can lengthen a child's fuse, provide him with an emotional muffler through use of a different class of medications, often the atypical antipsychotics. That's direct. Of course, pills don't teach skills, so I don't think we're teaching skills there. But there are kids, um, and I'm very conservative when it comes to medicating kids, but there are kids um, for whom medication is an indispensable part of treatment. You can work on those two things directly. Um, There are some lagging skills that medication really wouldn't touch, but those are two that medication often does help with. Does a child need medication early on, or do we wait until we see if the skills have come along well enough so that we don't need medication? Totally a judgment call. There are kids that I've worked with who I didn't feel could participate in the process of solving problems collaboratively unless medication was on board. They were just too hyper, too impulsive, too inattentive to participate in the discussion. Two, their fuse was too short. Sometimes medication is needed in the beginning. Sometimes we see how much headway we can make through solving problems collaboratively, and then we decide, "Mm, has this come along far enough? Or do we still want to consider medication here? That's how I do it. Of course, since I don't know either of your kids, this is all more generic. We have a caller from area code 661. Callers take priority on this program, so here we go. Area code 661, you're on the air. What's up today? Hi, um, I am. Um, I'm basically having a problem with my six-year-old son. Okay. Um, he's um, yeah, he's he's pretty easily frustrated, and I I'm sort of in the beginning of the whole whole plan B, and I suppose I've I've got a I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and. And I have a big problem with him hitting a lot, getting angry, and he can't, you know, regulate his emotions. He 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 lashes out, um, and he he started school um, two and a half months ago, and um, and yeah, I, I I've seen more and more, you know, bad behaviour since he started school. And I suppose I'm at the point. I'm just with the heating. I just don't know, yeah, how to help him because we've talked to him about it, and he he says he doesn't know why he does it. Um, and I, I, you know, I do believe that he he doesn't, but it's affecting you know his sister and and everything. So I'm just wondering how do I help with the the, the impulsiveness. Right. 
Yeah. So here's the deal. I've got a few things that I might be able to help you with. First of all, if 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 you find what I give you next isn't helpful enough, I do know a clinician in your area who has some training in my model, and she might be able to help you out. But what I'd like you to do is um, go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website and ask yep. me for that person's name and contact information, and I'll be happy to have that sent along to you. So that's number one, but it's okay. really number three. Yep. Number two, um, um, you might. it does sound like you are at the beginning and your um, frustration is in your voice. I don't know you or your son, but um, yep. it does sound a little bit overwhelming. Um, it's yep. going to stay overwhelming, and, and it sounds like the situation is a bit complicated. Once again, I can only give you generic guidance because... Um, you're where you are, I'm where I am, and I haven't met you or your son. So this doesn't take the place of um, clinical care if you need it. But, of course, I designed the Lives in the Balance website so that it provided all kinds of resources um, so that maybe you don't need it. But if you do need it, I'm happy to give you somebody's name. But one of the things you're going to learn as you begin to explore this model is that you don't really want to focus on your son's behavior and I get it, he's hitting. You want to focus yeah. on the problems that are giving rise to his behavior. And there's probably yeah. a bunch of them. If you try to talk with him about hitting, because he is hitting in response to so many different problems, then when you ask him about hitting, you're actually simultaneously asking him about all of the problems to what he responds to with hitting. And that would get me to say I don't know, too. So mm-hmm. what you're going to find as you explore this further is that you're going to want to get on the Lives in the Balance website and take the tour. There's a guided tour for parents. It's called the walking tour. I don't know if you've seen it yeah. yet, but um, it's in the yeah. par- there's a special section of the website for parents, and the guided tour is there. That's where I'd start. And in part two of the walking tour, you're going to be learning about the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems. And you'll be able to find that instrument on the Lives in the Balance website as well. And what it's going to help you do is start to see your son's difficulties through the prism of lagging skills and unsolved problems. Very hard to start solving those problems unless you've identified them first and know what they are. Otherwise, you'll get stuck talking with your son about his behavior. Yeah. And so that's where I'd start. Obviously, if you feel that you need a clinician helping you out, and I, don't, I won't get it, be able mm-hmm. to get a good feel for that on this program, I'm happy to email you the yeah. name and contact information for the person I know in your area. Um, yeah, but that's where I'd start to just get a general feel for the model. Now, here's the only other thing you said that causes me some concern. Yeah, um, things have been worse since he began school. Yeah, that troubles me. It makes me yeah. wonder. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Because, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I I can see he's unhappy and he, and he's struggling and 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 yeah, it it is it's it's you know it makes me sad that he finds it so hard. I'd want to know more about that, and here's why. While there are many kids who exhibit their challenging behavior primarily at home and not at school, there are many, and yours might be one of them, who exhibit challenging behavior not only at home but also at school. And if he's exhibiting challenging behavior at school, um, all bets are off for how they're handling it. And if they're not handling it well, it is conceivable that that could contribute to a worsening of his difficulties at home. And so this could be complicated. Um, If you were working with me and you are quite far away from me, so... um, yeah. All I can do is give you as much help as I can over the phone, but recognizing that it's not sufficient. I'd want to explore mm-hmm. the school piece as well to find out what's going on there, how they're handling it, and to try to come to some conclusions about whether the way they're handling it at school, if he's exhibiting behavior problems at school, could be making things mm-hmm. worse at home and what the unsolved problems are at school as well. So, yeah. so I don't I don't know if I've just yeah. made you more overwhelmed or less overwhelmed, but go ahead. No, I, I do probably think that you know the feeling is that that there you know that's where it feels like it's stemming from. You know, we've gone through. You know, he's had times before when he's you know had hard time regulating his emotions, uh, and it's often when it's a big change in his life. Um, so I suppose that's where I have to, yeah. I can see that I, that's where I have to start because that's... Like start with the walking tour. You are yeah. always welcome to call into the program for more help. Of course, the only caveat is that, and you're welcome to call in, but the next time you call in, I still won't have met you or your son, so I'll help you as best I can. But... The, the walking tour is where I would start, but I'd also want to start gathering information from the folks at school to see what I can find out about that situation as well. Okay. All right. But you know, you know right. where to find Thank me you. if you need me. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Shall we turn our attention to another email? Boy, you know, life with a behaviorally challenging kid ain't easy. I'm reminded of that almost every hour of every day. That's why we do everything we do at Lives in the Balance. Cause life with a behaviorally challenging kid ain't easy. Sounds like a good tagline, but I think I like ours a little better, changing the conversation about and with behaviorally challenging kids. Okay, this next one doesn't include a question, but thought it was pretty cool anyways, um, and kind of funny. Uh, Dr. Green, I ordered the book, The Explosive Child, and I'm eagerly awaiting its arrival. I've been researching the book online in the meantime and have seen that 
you have met no end of criticism over your book. People take issue with the label explosive and claim that the parenting approach is part of the problem with today's youngsters and that it is weak on discipline and leads to indulgent children. While I haven't read the book yet, I have read detailed synopsis, and I just wanted to send a note to you to thank you. It is painfully obvious that the individuals criticizing the book have no idea what they are talking about. They have never parented an explosive child. If they had, they would know that explosive is really the only appropriate adjective to describe them. My oldest son has a diagnosis of ASD, but that in itself does not encompass all of his issues. And his therapists have been baffled regarding his instantaneous and outrageous explosions over almost anything. It wasn't until I read the description of some of the inflexible, explosive children from your book that I finally felt hope someone out there understands my son and knows what is going on with him. Our relationship was strained because of his frequent and excessive meltdowns. Your description of them is completely accurate. He becomes violent and screams, shut up, mommy, repeatedly every single time. After reading your description and the fact that he can't help his response gave me so much more compassion for him. I went up to his room, helped him calm down, and then held him on my lap and told him how much I love him and what a good boy he is. He laid his head on me, reached out his hand, and hugged my arm. My son avoids any kind of physical contact at all costs. He never hugs. It was so sweet. I also want to add that we parented my son from a very traditional point of view for over a year before he received his ASD diagnosis. I was religiously consistent in my approach. The expectations were clearly defined. The consequences for problem behaviors were clearly defined, and it did not matter. It encaps. It never, never, never helped. Not one time. In fact, it just made things worse. The more I disciplined, the worse the behavior got. For over a year. People who criticize your approach and claim that the children just need more discipline have no idea what they're talking about, and it's infuriating to me that people can criticize regarding a topic they clearly know nothing about. Thank you, thank you for helping parents like myself. Thank you for ignoring the critics who think they know what they're talking about and reaching out to parents who are lost and cannot control their children. Thank you. I don't know, maybe I should be thanking you for writing in. And I do thank you for writing in. And I hope you've received the book and that it's been helpful to you. There's, you've probably noticed this, a boatload more info and resources on the Lives in the Balance website, and you don't got to buy nothing to access those resources. But let's go back to your email real quick. Um, first of all, I don't know. I My sense is that the feedback I receive on the book is almost universally positive. There's There's the occasional person who just disagrees philosophically, and sometimes the philosophical difference makes it very difficult for them to even attempt to implement the model. But um, I think that they're entitled to their point of view. And I think also that criticism of the model 
is actually in some cases what has led to its improvement over time. This model has evolved dramatically over time, and some of that evolution is due to people who aren't necessarily comprehending the model. It's forced me to be even more clear, and I try to be clear already, but it criticism just says to me there's somebody we haven't reached yet. How are we going to reach them? What are they saying that tells us what's getting in the way of them understanding what this model is about? They're entitled to their opinion, but I find that the vast majority of people who have an unfavorable reaction to the model actually just need to understand it a little bit better. And when they do, they're all over it. My challenge, how do I help them understand it better? But I'm really glad you wrote in. And um, we may ask for your permission to um, post your comments in the um, in the trenches section of the Lives in the Balance website. But I'm really glad you wrote in. And do let us know if the book's been helpful to you. All right, here's an interesting one. Dr. Green, I wanted to thank you for writing the explosive. I don't let you know how much it helped our family. My daughter was seven to eight years old when I was given the book, and she was a textbook case of an explosive child. And we, the textbook parents, to go with it. We used many suggestions in your book, and she did slowly grow out of the extreme behavior. Good. Today, she is 15 years old and a lovely girl. We have a very respectful relationship with her. On the outside, she has all the trappings of a successful, happy life, self-motivated, highly successful at school, is training to be a gymnastics coach, etc., etc. She still has remnants of the old frustration tolerance issues only when she gets stressed out or at the end of a difficult day. I believe it is through her struggles. Hold on, let me just read this sentence. As a a teacher wrote about her. She proved to be a critical thinker who thinks outside the box, but who also shows deep understanding and empathy towards others. However, on the inside, she is depressed. And this is what I'm contacting you about. I feel there could be a link between the years of trying to control her own internal behavior, pushing down the anger and frustration rather than having an outburst, and feeling depressed today. I am wondering if you have experience with this and if you have any information on this that can be shared. Well, happy to talk about it, and thank you very much for your email. I'm very glad that things went well for your daughter and seem to be going well for your daughter in some respects. And I don't know if there's a connection between what she was like earlier and your sense that she is depressed on the inside. And once again, as I say with all of these, 
Um, I won't be able to speak with any great precision, because, and I can only discuss this generically, but maybe I can help out primarily because I haven't met her and can't take the place of a formal evaluation. But whether there's a link or not, and there could be, we'd learn about it in the empathy step of Plan B. That's where we'd learn about it. We'd learn if there was a link. We'd learn if she is depressed. We'd learn what it does feel like on the inside. And maybe she'd say, but maybe not, I've been fighting all these years to push down the anger and frustration rather than have an outburst, and I'm tired of pushing. I don't know what she's going to say. She might not come close to saying anything like that. She might say, I'm putting so much energy into being successful at school. I got nothing left. I'm not depressed. I'm exhausted. I'm not depressed. I'm stressed. And you could even ask in the empathy step whether it has anything to do with trying to fight having an over-the-top reaction to frustration. And she'd probably let you know. So here's the interesting thing. I wouldn't handle this one in terms of the information gathering process any differently than I'd handle problem that any child is facing, any of the earlier ones that your daughter was facing earlier in her life. That empathy step of plan B is where you're going to get the information you're looking for. Whether there is a link between whatever inner turmoil she appears to be feeling now and the problems of her childhood, I don't know. It may matter, especially if there is a connection. It may not. Either way, you want to know. And the empathy step is where you're going to find out. We have time for one more question, uh, email, and here it is. Dr. Green, while reading your book, I noticed a lot of the challenging traits I see in my son as a reflection of myself. Do you have any resources for adults who still struggle with flexibility and frustration tolerance? I used to think that I was chronically depressed, but reading your book makes me think differently. Uh, well, there um, are mental health clinicians who might be able to help you. There are books for depressed adults, but it sounds like you're not so sure that's the best way to describe you anymore. Not knowing you, I'm not going to be able to give you particularly precise guidance, but here's what I will say. Um, I have found that many parents who say the same thing as you're saying, which one, number one lets you know you're not alone, learn the lagging skills right along with their kids as they're solving problems collaboratively together. How could it be otherwise? Um, the skills that your child is learning in the define the problem step 
being able to listen to somebody else's concerns and take them into account, you're learning in the empathy step. The skills your child is learning in the define the problem step, uh, in the empathy step, learning how to articulate concerns and identify them, you're learning in the define the problem step. And the skills your child is learning in the invitation, generating alternative solutions, considering the likely outcomes of those solutions, considering whether those solutions are mutually satisfactory, you're learning in the invitation. A lot of adults get better at these skills right along with their kids. If you need extra help, don't don't hesitate to think it. To get it. I won't be doing a program next week, but I'll be back on April 28th. Talk to you then. Bye.